Okay, stop saying that. It's not like I, I I read all the punditry. I know I'm I I know what's gonna go down. All right. Hello. Hello. Do you have any life updates? Life updates. I've been watching a lot of TV this week. That's a life update. Yeah, you kind of have. Like you. I feel like you've been catching me about up. three different shows. I've been catching up. Is there I any watched... particular reason that you're like in show mode? Well, now I have HBO Max, so I can watch all the shows that I wasn't watching before. <laughs> okay. If, Jesus Christ, a week later. Um, I have a question, a follow-up question about this. Before this even came up with like The Last of Us approaching, you made zero mention of me to me of any interest of having hbo again no don't even no you did not no 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 go into our i will text go messages. into our texts it was literally like a week and a half or two weeks before the last of us i said hey i want to renew yeah. hbo max okay. okay that's what i'm saying yes and before you didn't do that it. no no i'm saying before well, no, that because i knew that the last of us was coming up so i figured we would just do it all in one go okay but no but you would listen I, to me okay i think you're missing my point first of all let it go. Uh, second of all, um, oh, let it go. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, I am not a hypocrite in any way, shape or form. Um, my point is not that my point is that before that, so like we haven't had HBO for months and months and months. So before that, you made no mention of like, Hey, there are some shows I want to watch. And then all of a sudden a week or two ago, you were like, I have a list. And so I, what I meant to ask was like, where did that list come from? You were, you were just like Stuff all of a sudden that's been racking up from mm, the time that we were gone. I see. Okay. Uh, so what have you been watching? So I started the last of us, of course. And then, well, I watched another show, which is going to be my media moment. So I won't spoil it, um, <laughs> on, which is on Netflix. So that's different. But I also just was watching before we started um, the sex lives of college girls on HBO max. Um, the Mindy Kaling show. Yeah, it's a Mindy Kaling show. Um, so I started watching that. And yeah, I think I'm going to start the white Lotus next. Oh, you can talk to Nick about that. He loves that show. Mm. Uh, question. Have you heard about all the, the Mindy Kaling discourse? I have because of Velma, which is also on HBO Max. Yeah. It's interesting that that show is like crapped open this crapped, cracked open this egg of people having an issue with Mindy Kaling. I don't know. Well, I, I've talked, I feel we've like... talked about this before. I'm tired of the discourse kind of like it's just stupid half the time. Well, it's kind of stupid, but I feel like with this show, I feel like recently she's been like the mind behind a lot of like new TV shows. And I feel like people were hoping that they were going to get something fresh from her and they are not. Uh, I was actually just messaging Morgan about this because she said, how is the show? I heard it's bad. And I said, oh, yeah, it's bad, but like in a funny way. <laughs> um and I said, I think a lot of people don't like it because Mindy Kaling writes the same characters over and over and over again. And it's not even like these characters are are like, it's basically she's writing her, she self inserts herself and BJ Novak in every single project that she does. And it's so obvious and it's just like getting annoying now. I suppose maybe it's because I don't consume any of this content that uh, I don't have any stake in it. Also, yeah. some people I mean, are saying that she's obsessed, like 
with having her characters be obsessed with white boys or something like that. That's what I'm saying. She self inserts herself and BJ Novak in every single project. And it's like, uh, Oh my God. Okay. We get it. You're the same Indian girl that hates being Indian and makes fun of your own culture, but wants to be a comedy writer and is obsessed ooh. with white boys. It's ooh. literally the same character in every single show. Ooh. So it's just kind of like boring, but <laughs> I'm going to finish the show. Cause I think it's funny. You're <laughs> Yeah, sorry. We were, you guys were talking about this before we started. I had thought that my camera issues were resolved because two other podcasts I've recorded this week was fine for the entire time, including last night for two hours. So I have no idea why it's happening with Exhausted specifically, where my camera goes crazy. But as Ely said, it doesn't really have any bearing on the podcast, I suppose. So just yeah. an annoyance. Do you have any? Do you have any life updates? Besides I do your camera? actually. I do actually. Oh, I have two. Okay. Um, so speaking of recording the podcast, I did want to mention that I am a guest star, guest podcaster on. Well, I suppose guest star. If, if y'all are listening to this between drop day slash like the weekend of drop day, Monday's episode of Trail Mix, a Degrassi podcast, I will be on uh, as a guest. It is my dear friend, Robin, and her friend, Becca's podcast about Degrassi, the next generation. So they're just like, they're. it's kind of similar to what Nick and I are doing with Glee version, where it's just like they're going episode by episode, and they have their own little like mini games and stuff like that, and they talk about it and whatnot. So they asked me to come on uh, because they thought it'd be funny, and I thought it'd be funny to just have someone come on who, who has no context of Degrassi. I've never watched a full episode of Degrassi in my life. I don't really know who anyone is. They thought it'd be funny for someone to just watch an episode of the blue and provide commentary. And um, of course I had to come on for the gay episode. So um, I came on and talked about a pride episode from season three and it was really fun. And I'm really excited to listen to it. It was so fun. And I plugged us, of course. So hopefully people come over from there to listen to us. Wow. Thank they actually, you. they have a good following. So you never know. Uh, and then my other life update is I did want to say, I did finally finish A Little Life. I finally finished that book. I'm so proud. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, I think it was on Thursday or something. I read uh, a good chunk of it like during my lunch break. And then there's there's a the end of the book is like 15 pages it's kind of like the epilogue and i put it down i was like i'm gonna read this epilogue like when i climb into bed tonight so i revisited it obviously i'm not climbing into bed until like 1 a.m i'm reading this book the last 15 pages and you know i was kind of talking shit the last time i brought it up i feel like the end sealed the deal and like mm -hmm. i get it now like I really, I was kind of saying that that could happen, but the end specifically is from the perspective of a different character. Ooh. Um, a character that we've heard from a little bit throughout the book, but barely um, a, like a father figure, let's say that. And reading from his POV, oh God, I don't know. I can't really talk about why I got so emotional without spoilers. Um, Cause I did cry. It was such a cliche. I literally got tears on my book. Uh, on the page <laughs> it was the very last page there's like three lines that are so sad that it just it just got me it got me the wow. waterworks are going at 1 30 in the morning over this book wow. and maybe also part of it was like oh i'm finally done with this book that i've been reading for literally a year 
this emotional like decade spanning saga i finally finished it maybe that's part of it but just want to let y'all know <laughs> i'm glad you finished it super happy for you we'll see what i read next i might need a little teeny bit of a break you should read colleen hoover <laughs> absolutely not i was thinking about reading uh something shorter that's for sure i'm looking back at my bookshelf um mm -hmm. i'll figure it out anyway Shall we get on with everything that's let's, been going on? Let's do it. Okay. So first off, I want to talk about this bullshit story that came out today. Did you hear about these M&Ms? I was actually, I was going to talk about it. And then I saw that you already oh. had it and I was like, oh, cool. So sorry. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, uh, as of today, Tuesday, January 24th, the spokes candies as they call them of m&m the anthropomorphic m&ms that we all know and love well some of us love um they're <laughs> going to be put on quote indefinite pause and basically this infographic that they put up they were pretty much saying that like they're cowering to fox news it's and so serious for something that's like so unserious <laughs> No, I know. Well, we know that the right, they love to get up in arms about unserious things. Like it still mystifies me that Tucker Carlson went on such a rampage about the green Eminem changing her shoes. And it's also like, <laughs> I think we talked about this. We definitely did talk about this. Mm -hmm. You attracted to the M&Ms? Why are you upset that she doesn't have heels anymore? Do you want to fuck an Eminem? He probably does. It's just wild to me. And so I'm <laughs> And and they announced that uh, Maya Rudolph will apparently be taking the place of these. I thought it was weird. Imagine, that... imagine getting that pitch. <laughs> no, I know. I just thought it was weird that this, they put up this infographic and they mentioned her name, but like she's not on it. You would have think they apparently she's going to be like they're launching this with a Super Bowl commercial, and that's relatively soon. Ah. But I thought that was an odd choice. And anyway, I, the way I feel about this is I don't particularly care about the spokes candies, but. I'm really upset about this because I just think it's very cowardly and we should well, not be cowering to Fox news pundits and the right by like, especially like you said, over something that's stupid, like it's, it's not it's a good so look stupid. and it's not sending a good message. And so for a big corporation to do this, I'm sure like, yeah, they're having a happy hour over Fox news right now and being like, yes. And I, hate well, that. it's so silly because, um, well, first of all, I feel like it's the end of an era. So it kind of is a big deal because this yeah. is like all we've known. This is like a big shift for pop, like, you know, these figures that are kind of like pop culture-esque. Like, you know, you know, the M&Ms, you see them all the time. Oh, they're iconic. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So this is kind of the end of an era. Um, but I also think it's funny because even if you listen to like Tucker Carlson's most recent rant, it doesn't even sound like he wants to talk about the eminence anymore he sounds tired so it's like why would they bend to something that's like clearly actually not that serious and like nobody cares nobody's gonna stop buying m&ms because the green m&m isn't sexy anymore like nobody actually cares they're just bitching about stuff because they have nothing else to talk about so like why would you give in to something that's clearly just like a joke to them it's that's just like, the thing you know I what no it is idea. i feel like it's all old people that work for m&m's marketing and they are like taking this so seriously and it's like if they had like younger people that could just be like no just ignore them like it's not that serious or flip it yeah. use it as promo like maybe i, I think you might I have like a point actually so strange no you i think you might have a point because i not that i don't like maya rudolph but they specifically phrase her as like someone everyone can agree on and i'm like i don't think people on the right like <laughs> 
like conservatives that eat M&Ms, I don't think they're going to be like, oh my God, I love Maya Rudolph. Yes, queen. <laughs> I don't think that's necessarily the, so I'm confused with that choice. It's very weird. It's very weird and like kind of silly. And it's just kind of like, really? Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know. I don't get it. Anyway. I also don't know how Maya Rudolph on her own is going to like market, like sell the M&Ms. Like it would be funny if she was with the spokes candies. That would be cute. You know, well, it's like the M&M's, is, the spokes candies is what made them unique. Like, you're right. If she's right. just going to open a bag and be like, mm, these are so good. <laughs> sure. I'll stop buying M&M's just to protest this oh, change. <laughs> I guess we'll find out in a couple of weeks when that supposed commercial drops. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's move on. So I feel like I did know about this. And, it's you know, sometimes you know about things and it leaves your brain. And then when they re-enter your brain, you're like, ah, yes, this. This mm-hmm. is one of those things. So the uh what are they called the bulletin of atomic scientists which is like this international board of atomic scientists and the like um and they have this board they call the science and security board and they have this thing called the doomsday clock which is this literal well it's a quarter clock and it's um it's supposed to be a metaphor for measuring like how close humanity is to quote unquote doomsday by measuring the amount of seconds to midnight and this has been a thing for a while and so every january they reassess this clock and for the last two years they've had it at 100 seconds to midnight uh they changed that in 2020 and 2019 was the last time we were minutes Minutes, to midnight yeah and now we're 90 seconds to midnight so closest to calamity that we've ever been and um i just want to talk about this because like i agree that the world is fucked up and yes lots of calamitous things are happening but i also kind of think this is stupid like i get their reasoning they said that the reason why they moved it down to 90 seconds to midnight is because of the war in ukraine basically which is awful, but I just mean as an institution, I kind of think this is well, like what dumb, is this for? And it's not helpful. Like, like how about right, you exactly. scientists? You're some of the greatest minds we have. Why are you doing this? <laughs> it just is like another thing to like cause mass hysteria. And it's like, yes, why do exactly. we have this? Why? You could just not you could just this could be an internal thing. It doesn't no, need to be external. Was, we don't need to see it. I was gonna say this seems like something that they had in like the the staff chill room or whatever. And yeah, like, this oh, is like a running that. gag and then yeah, they brought it in the, to the public. Yeah. yeah, no, I didn't need to see that shit. Now I'm going to have nightmares. It's stupid, but I'm also really proud of myself mentally because I saw this. And for a second, I was like panicking. And then I was like, you know what? This is stupid. Like, they, yeah. this is stupid. Hey, you know Attention what? Attention getting. That's on growth. That's on growth. Thank you. Yeah. No, I, I did not spiral at all. I read for a second, I was like, oh, alarm. And then I read it and I was like, this really doesn't mean anything there's no measure to this at all like there's no, no data it's just at a bunch all. of white people is oh, it all white people in the picture it is yeah mm, there you go well Actually, that man his skin tone isn't fully white he looks right. a little dark yeah it's, it's a lot of old motherfuckers though yeah, yeah. <laughs> these fuckers are old so <laughs> <laughs> i don't know anyway let's talk about some fish uh <laughs> okay this is a wild story to me so a gaming YouTuber, uh, the channel is called Mutekimaru, the Japanese channel. Um, they created an alterated Nintendo Switch controller for their fish in the fish tank, which allows these fish to play video games on a live stream. And wow. it's been, they've been doing this for a while. Um, I would watch that. <laughs> no, I know. I kind of, I can't believe I've actually haven't 
look them up yet. Um, but it's a tank of fish and they play Nintendo games and something you ready for this? Something fishy happened recently. <laughs> uh where they were playing Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, which is the new Pokemon game, and they accidentally managed to spend the YouTube creators money on Nintendo eShop purchases. <laughs> oh my god (laughs) and so how this happened was and by the way the way this works with the like modded controllers the fish just has to swim over certain area of the controller to get stuff to happen like a button input i wish Um, i could have seen that live that would have been so fucking funny it's got to be up i need to look it up after this um and uh the story made sure to mention that it's not just one fish Uh, the owner of the channel does rotate the fish every 12 hours in order to keep them healthy which i think is very considerate um (laughs) but yeah they were in the middle of playing pokemon scarlet and violet but the game crashed and this article specifically mentions that this game has been having an issue with crashing and of course when the game crashes it takes you back to the home screen and so somehow after that crash (laughs) happened via button presses they they selected the e-shop and then selected a purchase and made a purchase using the credit card on file. So wait, uh, what did they purchase? I think it was just like, you know, these days games, they have like digital currency you can buy for the game. I think oh. it was digital currency for the game or Bro, something. That's lame as um, hell. Yeah, but I love the thing that grabbed me. See, this is the power of a good headline. The headline is fish play Pokemon accidentally commit credit card fraud. <laughs> 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 so i had to read it and now it's on the episode of course of course yes but that's the end of uh, the news segment wonderful thank you thanks <laughs> <laughs> all right so i will say this on to music we're gonna start with some chart data this is like probably the most i've been anticipating a new chart from billboard and they took fuck they took their sweet ass time oh. posting this week's chart let me tell you they the charts always go up on monday monday like early you know late morning early afternoon sometimes a little bit late afternoon but they're always on monday unless it's a holiday like martin luther king junior day they put it up on tuesday i suppose they could have been observing lunar new year on monday but I don't know that they took their sweet ass time and they did not post the charts on Monday. And then they didn't post the chart. They posted the chart today at like 4 PM. I was like, are you guys just fucking with us? Drag them. Like this is just rude at this point. Like, you know, we're waiting to see what the fuck happened this week. So let me tell you what the fuck happened this week. (laughs) Miley Cyrus officially earned her first number one debut with her song flowers. This is her second number one overall. But this is her first number one debut. So that's pretty big. She also broke a bunch of Spotify records this like over the weekend. So that's cool. Um, Kill Bill is still number two, but Taylor Swift is knocked down to number three. So that's a win for some of us. (laughs) Well, I don't have much further to add because I think we had our little fun last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would much rather Kill Bill be at number one than I mean, of course, I would this too. uninspired but... piece. But okay, uh... next. <laughs> so, Panic at the Disco founder Brendan Yuri announced today that the band is calling it quits after two decades because him and his wife are expecting a little baby. You think that's the reason why you don't think there's any additional tea? That's literally what he said. So, oh. 
Well, I don't really have anything to add to this either because I was never truly a fan. As we've discussed, I never really had a scene phase. Uh, I did have a slight phase for a minute in college when I thought Brendan Urie was attractive. And then that kind of went away. And that's I all. Like he's annoying. Like if I knew him in real life, he would annoy. I feel like he would annoy me in real life. Like I would, I would, I would want to kick his ass. I don't like his voice, like his singing voice. It's rather grating. But yeah, I was never a big fan of Panic at the Disco, but I know a lot of people that are. So I'm sure this is devastating for them. I love how we're just like, yeah, I think it's time for you to, for you to break <laughs> so up. <sorry. laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, it's an end of an, it's the end of an era, but um, I don't really care that much. I just figured I couldn't <laughs> not talk about this because it's been all over the like music news. So yeah, congrats to Brendan Yuri. Uh, sorry to the other members of the band. Tough. Start looking on LinkedIn, I guess. I don't know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay, another like kind of news, just kind of a funny anecdote. Beyonce um, put on her first live performance in four years at like a hotel opening in Dubai and they had a strict no phone policy. So of course the entire performance leaks immediately. Yeah, of course. (laughs) (laughs) And it was, let me tell you, they put, they put funds behind this performance. They put funds. There's some rich, rich people in the UAE. So yeah, they put funds behind this performance. And Beyonce, of course, her vocals, she's one of the best live performers, I think, that we will see in our lifetime. Um, she's great. Somebody did make a comment, though, about how her heel height is getting smaller and smaller. <laughs> and I've seen so many jokes about her wearing these, like, itty-bitty heels. The kitten heels? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've seen a lot of jokes. And Blue Ivy did some singing, too, um, which is cool. But I just think it's hilarious. And every time a celebrity is like, no phones i actually went to a no phones event and then um like halfway through the guy was like you know what you guys are being so good you can pull your phones out and i was like i walked all the way the fuck home (laughs) to put my phone back because you said you wouldn't even let me in the building if i had it on me (laughs) now you're saying you could pull your phones out whatever (laughs) that was annoying one thing i thought was Um, funny about this is uh like all these stories and and even you put here like her first live performance in blah 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 years and when I saw this, I was like, wait a darn minute. Did she not perform at the Oscars last year? And it was fucking incredible. And then I Googled that. And that was when was I learned that weird. it was pre-taped. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, wasn't that? Because it was like some... off-site. Okay, yeah, but for some reason, and you were there last year. Like, for some reason, I thought what we were watching was live. And uh, yeah, they, they were off-site. They made it seem like it. But, they made it seem like it. Yeah, and that's why I was like, oh my God, like this is incredible. They're doing this live and it sounds amazing. It looks amazing. And, but then I learned that that's not true. I mean, it's still an amazing I'm sure they shot it like one take, you know, like I'm sure they, they didn't like edit it and do all this like crazy stuff. No, to I it. don't think so. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, it, cause it, it wasn't on site and it was like, it was a huge, uh, it was a huge number. It was a, it was a performance. Yeah, if y'all haven't watched that performance, of you Be should Alive, watch it. It's yeah. actually incredible. I just rewatched it today after like I, I was doing the outline and I saw your story and then I looked that up, was wrong. And I was like, well, I'm going to watch it again. And that is an incredible performance. She really That's is. She, and performer. she looks stunning. She looked yeah. stunning in that green dress. Everyone did. Everyone in like the tennis ball colors. Everyone looked great. Was yeah, wild. that was a really cool performance. Um, you know what Beyonce performance I love rewatching is when she like surprise appeared during Coldplay's Super Bowl performance. Oh, yeah. oh my god, 
No, I rewatch I, her Super Bowl performance all the time. The 2013 one. I know, but it was like when she did Formation and everybody yes. was doing... I feel like I've talked also about incredible. this exact moment on the podcast multiple times. It's just great too because like... I, I mean, I wasn't expecting... I didn't think she... I didn't know she was coming. I don't know if it was like talked about. I didn't know it ahead of time. I didn't know Beyonce was going to show up on my screen that night. And the <laughs> other thing that's hilarious to me is that Coldplay knew nobody was showing up for them. So they brought in Bruno Mars and Beyonce <laughs> as guest yep. performers. They were like, nobody gives a fuck about us. We're bring in Beyonce. Pretty much. Right before yeah. Lemonade came out. Oh, God. That was also cool. her little, like, her fall that she did that expert recovery of, oh like, gosh. or her trip. She's yeah. just, again, Beyonce <laughs> is one of the best live performers we will see in this lifetime. There's no I doubt agree. about it. Probably the She's best. Incredible. I'm just going to say it. Period. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, my last story is actually really interesting about like the music business, um, which is actually this is kind of shocking to me. And I'll give my theory in a minute. But if you don't know, Justin Bieber today closed a big deal with Hypnosis Songs Capital. He sold his entire catalog to them for $200 million. That doesn't seem like a lot. Honestly, no. But if you know, also, the thing is, if you know what this means, that's kind of a big deal. He basically is now not going to see a single penny from any of his music that is owned by Hypnosis Songs Capital. Yeah. So that leads me to believe that he is broke and needed the payout now. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if it has anything to do with it. This might be kind of sad. And of course, I'm just like assuming things here. But part of me is like, does he think he's never going to get to perform again? Because I know he's had a lot of medical issues. Is he doing well, this because true. he's like, I'm, it's I'm possible. done? It's possible. I, I also think that a lot of celebrities that were big into the, like the cryptocurrency are losing a lot of oh, money now. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So that's another aspect of it, too. But regardless, I think he need, he needed the payout. So he took the deal. Um, and if you don't know, if you don't like understand, this is like really similar to the Taylor Swift thing with big machine records, how they own all of her own music. And now the only way that she can see profit off of her old music was to re-record it. That's basically what Justin Bieber will have to do if he ever wants money again from his old music. Yeah, so, hey, wild. maybe we'll get a one-time Justin Bieber's version. <laughs> that would make uh, me so happy. Really? I, my 12-year-old self, are you kidding? I was I don't think insane. Baby would sound the same with his adult voice, oh though. God. It would not sound the same at all. You're right. But I would really like a re-recording of one time. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I fucking loved that song. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. I was the biggest <laughs> fan. I was the biggest fan. I woke up at 3 a.m. to buy One Less Lonely Girl on iTunes. <laughs> I was that bitch. I was that bitch in middle school. <laughs> Wait, have we talked so... about... Um, Have we talked about... Maybe in person we talked about this, but Nick just made me aware of this like within the last month that that video or is it audio of him singing one less lonely n-word oh on funny or die i don't know but like the, i'd never heard that before he played he i forgot how it came up but he played it for me i was like oh my god i think it's from funny or die or he something said it like multiple yeah, times he, not he just one. that was a problem yeah that was a problem. oh my god <laughs> he got in with usher and thought he had an n-word pass <laughs> Like, I, I don't know how I had never heard that before. I thought that that blew my mind. <laughs> yeah, no, it is kind of crazy. The shit that gets buried. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a fan of Justin Bieber now. Don't get me wrong. He's a culture vulture. But oh. 
I will still pop the fuck off to anything on my world 2.0. You best <laughs> believe it. You best believe it. I know every word. Um, so yeah, that was all of my music stories for this week. Wow. Okay. Well, you all, it's ready to talk about the Oscar. It's ready. I'm ready. We're ready. It's time to talk about yes. the Oscar nominations, which were today. Um, I know that you saw me post this on my Instagram story, but it really is exactly how I was like this morning. So I, I think, were they live last year? I feel like last year and the year before that, they weren't live in the sense of like, there was a live camera and they were, and presenters were actually talking. I think they pre-taped something and they just aired it live. So I think it's been a minute since we've actually had like two presenters on a stage telling us the nominations and the press is there too. Which, who was it this year? It was Allison Williams and Riz Ahmed. Yeah. Um, and they did a good job. Uh, but I know for sure this is the first time since 2019 that the press has been in the room. And honestly, that makes such a difference in terms of hype because they're all clapping and cheering for certain nominations. So like the, the vibe was lively. And Aww. so um, I was in my bed, I set an alarm to wake up early for this oh and I watched God. it. I watched it on my phone, just on YouTube on my phone while I was in bed. And um, as I'll talk about in a second, particularly as everything everywhere was just getting nomination after nomination after nomination. I was literally that meme of Sarah Paulson from American Horror Story <laughs> where she's smiling, looking at her phone in the bed. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. I love that. <laughs> I was living. Um, so yes, let's talk about them. This mm -hmm. is incredible to me everything everywhere I'm, all I'm at once super happy yeah they lead the nominations with 11 11 that's crazy it's just wild to me like I had hoped that they would get a lot obviously and I knew they would get some but um it's just uh, you the know most. everyone's talking about how back in and even oh my gosh when uh I'll get to this in a second but Stephanie Shu she called into Good Morning America to like so they could get her reaction and they asked her do you, did were you thinking back in April when this premiered that it would lead the Oscar nominations? And she said she literally was like laughing hysterically. She was like, "Absolutely not! Yeah, <laughs> I did right. not expect that." So it's just it's such a success story, and it makes me so happy. Uh, additionally, so the Daniels, Michelle Yeoh, Kihoi Kwan, and Stephanie Hsu and Jamie Lee Curtis, they all got Oscar nominations. And it was the main all of everybody. And it was all of their first nominations, which I think is incredible. Oh, that's so special. You're right. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and then apparently they were all on a Zoom together this morning to watch oh the my nominations. God, that's so cute. Yeah. Besides <sighs> Stephanie Hsu, because she was on a flight back from Australia. This is what I learned from her Good Morning America call. And oh my God. So somehow I don't know how they orchestrated this but apparently she was calling into good morning america from the airport like half an hour after she landed and so she was just like getting flooded with all this stuff of course like could you imagine Aww. land landing and then you're like you probably get a million texts like you got nominated. so chaotic and i feel like that makes me think that she probably thought she wasn't going to get nominated which is why she just was like yeah i'll hop on this flight like Maybe. whatever yeah i don't know what she was Aww. doing but um i'm particularly happy for her because it was kind of that was the most unsure thing it's like is stephanie shu gonna get a nomination and she, she did and she so deserves it i'm so happy for her um mm -hmm. 
I cannot wait just to see all of them at the ceremony at sitting together oh probably. I'm and so yeah. excited. So I hope it turns out well. I mean, honestly, the best picture talk is still continuing. People still think that it's the front runner, which is crazy. It's so exciting. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. I cannot say enough. But anyway, uh, speaking of that film, Michelle Yeoh, of course, got nominated and she has become, this is, well, we'll talk about this in a second. She's become the first Asian woman nominated for Best Actress, which is also insane. This is the what? 95th ceremony. Well, wait, didn't Scarlett Johansson get a- Oh my God, you're so funny. <laughs> I can't even make it. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson Lee, yeah. Um, no, there is an asterisk to this though. Uh, there's an actress named oh, Merle Oberyn who was nominated all the way back in 1936. Um, however, she was white passing and- actively like hid her, her Asian heritage. So I think the industry doesn't count that because it's like not if, all skin folk are kin folk. Oh well I mean I mean I get it, it was 1936. Like but you, also yeah that's but also the fact Asian that it's actors. like she, 1936 was the last person yes that we can trace it back to that that in itself is like okay. It's wild <laughs> but there was actually a little bit of it was stupid controversy, controversy, but there was controversy on Twitter today because the Hollywood Reporter, they tweeted out an image of Michelle Yeoh and they said, the, the wording they used was the first woman who identifies as Asian to be nominated for Best Actress. And all these idiots on Twitter were like, identifies as Asian? What the fuck does that mean? You could just identify as a race now. And it's like, they didn't oh care to actually read it where they were talking about Merle Oberyn. You dumbasses. Like, God, that's what I mean when I'm tired of like the discourse because people just like they're so quick to try and engage. And it's like, you oh, and read. it's like they don't even read. Yeah. Yes. Or like look into stuff before they comment something dumb. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Um. Anyway, another highlight. This was also crazy. There's 20 acting nominees and 16 of them are first time nominees. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. This is a big class. Which is exciting too, though. It's like people are getting their breaks. I actually think this is a very exciting group of nominees and nominations across the board. Um, I'm just really pumped for this ceremony. Uh, yeah. Angela Bassett got her nomination. She's the first that, MCU performer nominated, of course. Crazy. I mean, so deserving. This is such a good performance. She yeah. deserved the nomination. The nomination. I, think, I think she's going to win. I, I, she deserves it. Obviously, I would, I would want Stephanie Shu to win. I really don't think she's going to, but that would make me so happy. But Angela would be my second choice because she, it's like we've talked about this before. It's her time. Like she needs an Oscar, you know, and she's and not she coming was back. Really, so. She was really good in um, Wakanda Forever. So oh, I, I would, went to I the bathroom for one of her big scenes. So I need to. Oh watch my that god! Again. Are you kidding? Did the you forget bathroom? this? Did you forget yeah, this? Yeah, I, total, I totally forgot you. I wasn't really paying attention. I was watching I, the movie. I got up to pee. Well, first of all, I got up to pee. And then right as I was about to like step out of frame, I heard Julia Louis-Dreyfus's voice, which was a complete surprise. <laughs> so I stayed in the aisle. And then when that scene was over, I was like, okay, I'm going. And then that was the scene where she yells at um, Koye. <gasps> completely missed that Oh scene. my God. So when it goes well, on it's in the trailer, class, so. I need to... <laughs> yeah, but only... When it comes on Disney Plus, I'll watch that scene. But anyway, um, well-deserved. And then before I get into snubs and surprises, I wanted to just note that um, Riz Ahmed, he's so funny. There's a nominee for, I believe it's animated short. It's called My Year of Dicks. And Riz Ahmed was the one to say, was to announce these nominees. And so to hear Riz Ahmed say in his little British accent, 
My year of dicks was so. Wait, he's British? You didn't know this? Yeah. No, I know. I know. Oh my god! Now I'm gonna look. No, I know it. It adds. Now I want to look up like an interview with him. Oh my god! Wait, I I didn't know. Yeah. Maybe I I did know. I just never heard him in his natural accent. Doesn't like I've never heard him use a British accent. Yeah, that like adds to the full package, doesn't it? Yeah. Oh Um, yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, Um, Yeah, it does. So of course, after he said that, he snickered a little bit, and Allison Williams had like a quip. You were like, Um, (laughs) okay, rewind it. No, I thought it was so funny. (laughs) It was just so funny to hear him say that. Um. Anyway, let's talk about surprises and snubs. There's actually a lot to discuss. Um, I'm going to get to best actress last because that's a whole deal. Have you heard, have, have you heard about this, by the way? I have really hope you've heard something about this. Nothing at all. I don't, all. Know, what you're talk- oh, I don't know what you're talking okay. about. Sorry. Okay. Well, we'll get there in a second. Um, first some surprises. So Paul Mescal was surprisingly nominated for best actor for after son, which I still need to see. Like a 24 has not made that easy to, watch or readily available like um it did the whole like very limited release and then they took forever to put it on like rental platforms and then it was the 20 dollar rental i'm hoping maybe it's at like a six dollar rental now but jesus um, if you want to split it i'm actually interested in watching it well i don't think we can like if i rented it on my amazon we can't like split i'm saying what do you mean we can watch it if together. If you wanted to watch it together, I will Venmo oh, okay. you half the money oh. for the rental. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, other surprises besides Best Actress. Brian Tyree Henry got nominated for Best Supporting Actor for Causeway. People weren't expecting mm-hmm. that. Uh, Empire of Light and Bardo both got cinematography nominations, which I thought was cool because, I mean, Empire of Light was not a great movie but it's shot by roger deakins and it looked phenomenal as i discussed and then bardo looked amazing that was on my top 15 list so happy for those people and then people thought that tom cruise was going to maybe get nominated for best actor oh I, come I don't, on i know i don't I don't get those people, but he was not nominated and so you that's guys fine. Yeah. okay top gun maverick was fine it was fine. No, let's exactly. not start putting it in the same bucket that we put all these other films. No, in. It was fine. The stunts were incredible. This but is why we need a stunt category. Exactly. There's no stunt category. So therefore, let's not start talking about all this, all can, this nonsense. Wait, can you believe it got nominated for adapted screenplay? Now, come <laughs> on. That was probably the worst part of that movie was the right. I was going to say, so. if anything, that's the one one award it shouldn't have gotten nominated. Yeah, <laughs> so that was wild to me. Um, sound, I understand. Like, uh, I saw it in a theater. It sounded amazing. Like, but uh-huh. yeah. No, I and don't. I honestly, I knew, we knew that the best picture nom was coming because of the fact that there was no stunt category. There was nowhere else for them to recognize it. So we kind of anticipated that. But screenplay, come on, yeah. y'all. Come on. Yes. And also one last surprise I want to talk about is, uh, you know, how obsessed I am with the everything everywhere score. It was mm-hmm. not on the list to get nominated and it was nominated. So yeah, very I saw happy that too. for Sun Lux because I love that score. I think it's incredible. It's not going to win, but. Okay. Stop saying that. It's not it's like not I, gonna win. I, I read all the punditry. I know. I'm, I'm, I know what's going to go down. All right. All right. There's <laughs> truly no, really there's, I mean, it's more than the typical year, but there's really only, I would say like 
four categories that we don't know where it's going to go, which I would say on a given year, there's maybe like two categories we don't know. But this year, it's best actor, best actress, best supporting actress, and best picture. But like everything else, it's like we know that um, like he, <laughs> we love Key, but he's going to win, period. He's going to win. And if he didn't, that would be the most shocking thing to ever happen. Imagine uh, that uh, over them putting best actor at the end after Chadwick Boseman died. That was wild. (laughs) That wasn't even, that that was just embarrassing. That that was was so embarrassing. Humiliating, humiliating. If if he won, that would be one thing. But the fact that he but the did fact not that they, win they was obviously so thought, And it's like they obviously thought he was going to win. Mm. And then he did it. And it's like. Really? And then Anthony Hopkins wasn't even there. It was he so was, That was even worse. That yeah. was even worse. They were that like, well, really we're done. <laughs> <laughs> it was so bad. So anyway. Um, okay. So let's talk about Best Actress. Uh, this is a whole thing. And since you don't know about it, I guess I have to provide some detail sorry i literally don't i haven't no it's okay it's been all over twitter today so i thought maybe you had heard about it um so there is a little teeny tiny teensy film that came out i think earlier last year called to leslie it's about a woman who struggles with like substance abuse and it affects her family whatever it doesn't sound like anything super new but uh andrew riceborough is in that she's the lead uh, if you don't know who Andrea Riceborough is, if you went to her IMDb, she's been in like a bunch of stuff, but it's never like, isn't really the star, you know, she's just kind of like always there supporting. Like she was in Birdman. She was in Oblivion. She was in Amsterdam even. Um, but you know, she's just always kind of been on the fringes. She's a British actress. Mm-hmm. And so this film to Leslie, uh, premiered at South by Southwest last year and, seems like nobody wanted it. So a very, very small distributor called Momentum picked it up for distribution, but they had like no money. So the this film only grossed $27,000, period. That's wow. it. That's not a lot of money. So obviously the film kind of like died on the vine and it wasn't being considered for Oscars. No one was talking about it, like no one. Until, let's say sometime around like October, November-ish, there were there was like a grassroots i guess you could say campaign amongst very famous actors to get her nominated and i think it started with the director of the film is friends with howard stern and howard stern mentioned it on his radio show and then it just it just like and andrew reesborough apparently knows a bunch of really famous people and so like celebrities were tweeting and apparently even calling people like you should watch to leslie watch to leslie and even kate blanchett like i didn't really touch on this but when she gave her critics choice award speech she specifically said like when you know she was saying all this bs about like oh women this is such so competitive and then she was like people like andrea riceborough like it, it, so it got like to a bunch of people apparently enough to get her a nomination for best actress at the oscars which is absolutely wild to me and now i have to preface this you all i haven't seen the film probably don't plan on it i'm not making any comments about the quality of her performance she could be amazing like that's not the point here the point here is that this is weird and it honestly kind of makes me uncomfortable for multiple reasons one it's like yes like i'm sure if you're in the industry i'm sure this happens a lot where you go to parties and you're like oh my god my friend like she's amazing have you seen this film but it just feels like with this, it's this weird new level of like, and this this will matter in a second, a lot of white people 
that are like, oh my God, my, my friend, Andrew Riceboro, or like, like it feels very orchestrated, I guess you could say. And then there was a story today where Hollywood reporter reached out to Andrew Riceboro for her like quote unquote reaction. And she said that like, oh, I never thought this would ever happen. And it's like, girl, you were helping to orchestrate this. So it's just like murky and weird and I don't like it. And what makes it worse is that we had two enormous snubs in Best Actress, which were Viola Davis for The Woman King and Daniel Deadweiler for Till. Gee, what do these two women have in common? Oh, Black women. Uh, and they were both considered pretty much shoe-ins and... We only have, I believe, one other Black nominee across the 20 nominations. So this, of course, spurred another conversation about Oscar so white. And this this two Leslie, Andrew Riceboro situation has gotten mixed up in it because it's like spurring this conversation about this weird privilege that's been used to like elevate Andrea Riceboro. When it's like, again, it's like, who the fuck are you? Like, you... <laughs> it just comes across as like she really thought she did a good enough job to get an oscar nomination and she was going to do whatever it took to like spread her word around town to get her that nomination and the and since it's affected these two women who deserve nominations everyone thought we're gonna get nominated that's where it's like this is dirty mm. and weird and god forbid she wins like i don't think she will oh but God. If she, like it's just a weird situation. It's very strange. Interesting. Yeah, that's very interesting. Mm. Yeah, I think I definitely think I. I mean, as you all know, I didn't love the Woman King. I think the Woman King is a tad overrated. Uh, but as far as Viola Davis goes, she's a legend. And when everyone was saying she should be in Best Actress, I was like, yeah. I mean, yo, like, and she jacked sure. the fuck up for that movie. She did, yeah, and and Dan, I did see Till as well, and Daniel Deadweiler is is she carries that film, and I think she deserved to get nominated too, and so this isn't a matter of like you know these dumbass people again on Twitter, um, when the Oscars so white comes up, they make these stupid like it's 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 men that play devil's advocate, you know men love doing that, <laughs> it's all devil's advocating thing of like, well. Andrea Rice Sparrow deserved it. It's like, we're not saying she didn't deserve it, but like, come on, look at the SAG nominations, look at Golden Globes. It's just a weird situation. It's the same thing with Best Director. It's all men this year. Um, yeah, so that. We're, we're not saying that men can never win. I mean, in fact, women have actually won the last two years in a row. Um, it's just annoying when they're not even, they don't even have a seat at the table. And it's annoying when it's like Steven Spielberg has been nominated for like probably what, the 12th time? Yeah, You know, it's like if we can give someone like the Daniels a nomination for their weird, incredible work, why can't we throw like Olivia Wilde? <laughs> okay, I was not going to say that. I was going to say like Gina Price Blywood or or um, Sarah Polly. Like, why can't we throw like oh, Sarah okay. Polly's film, Women Talking, was nominated for Best Picture. So like, why couldn't you? That's super fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. So as thrilling as I think a lot of the nominations are, there's still some murky stuff going on with best actress being the weirdest. And most of all, what I hope is that all that conversation isn't going to take away from Michelle Yeoh. Um, the only reason why I'm worried is because I think there's a narrative to be had of like, okay, well, Kate Blanchett is mixed up in this and she had that weird Critics' Choice Award speech. Maybe people won't vote for Andrea because of this shit. So it's like, maybe this is good for Michelle Yeoh because she's sitting pretty 
well-deserving, but also part of me is like, okay, if, if this grassroots was able to drum up this random ass nomination for Andrea, is it enough to like get her to win? You know, it's like, what's going on? I feel like so. this is a little, I'm like slightly concerned because it feels like, it's weird. I don't know. I feel like it kind of like contributes to the theories of like all the celebrities being in the Illuminati or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in a sense, because they're all like, you know, the, the A-listers, like they all know each other. They all talk. Especially yeah, the white so it's ones. Like, what kind of know? cult are y'all in that y'all yeah. mix this up? Concocted this. Yeah. And it's like Andrew Reesborough is not, she's not an A-lister. So like it would be, I feel like it would be a little less weird if I don't know. All this is going towards like, I don't fucking know, like Kate Winslet or something. And they're like, Kate Winslet, no one saw this movie, but she's amazing in it. Like, and, but Andrew Reesborough, it's like, I'm sorry, babe, but you weren't that relevant. I'm not saying you're not talented, but you're like, where are you coming from? I don't know. I don't know. I don't like it. Yes. And Michelle better win. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about other entertainment things. Avatar, mm -hmm. The Way of Water, which also got some Oscar nominations. Don't necessarily agree with those either, except for VFX. <laughs> it, it's got to win VFX, like 100%. Period. Um, Period. But anyway, it recently crossed $2 billion at the global box office, and it's poised to soon surpass Avengers Infinity War to become the fifth highest grossing film of all oh time, God. which is Come absolutely on, wild because one- We thought this movie was going to flop. No, we I thought, no, we, didn't, yeah. we wanted it to flop. <laughs> no, I think there was reason to believe it might have not- Maybe not flopped, but not done well. We talked about this on the pod. It's like it had been 13 years so and long, everyone just I made know. fun of Avatar. But I guess Disney and James Cameron, they found a way to get us all. I mean, hell, I, I fell for it. I was like, I want to see this in IMAX 3D. And of course, that's the most expensive ticket you can get, um, which I think plays that's into this, That's actually a good point. That's a good point. They're making a ton of money because the tickets are $25. <laughs> yeah, like who's going to go? I'm sure some people have, but who's, who's going to go pick 2D? to see Avatar when there's like a 3D or IMAX right there. Yeah, um, but that is wild. And also, it, like I said, it's gonna happen. Like it's only like 20 million away from Infinity War. Um, I think that's probably the highest it'll get, but that would mean that James Cameron has three of the top five highest grossing films of all time. And that's like half what? of his catalog. <laughs> the luck on that man. You know, that's very but again. He doesn't make movies unless they're like these insane, huge projects. Oh, yeah. Like highly orchestrated. Like he does know how to put something together. It's going to make money. You know, I mean, he takes a sweet I time at so. it, too. I so. guess so. Damn. I'm curious to know to see, I mean, in the coming years, how I, I guess he has a plan for the Avatar cinematic universe uh, um, <laughs> to be to release in the next, I don't know, 10, 15 years. So it's like. How are the other movies then going to stand to the, the first two? Well, some people have made good points where since it was 13 years between Avatar, the first one, which looked incredible for the time and honestly still holds up. Like when I saw the re-release, I was like, this looks pretty great to me, but it was still a long time. And so I think they were able to drive that idea of like, we have cutting edge effects. This looks hyper-realistic. The 3D is better than it's ever been. We're bringing 3D back. And so that was enough to get people to go see it. But with Avatar 3, which they've already shot and completed, that comes out mm -hmm. in uh, next winter. It's it's like, is it going to be able to also make $2 billion? Because it's essentially probably going to look the same. It's it's using the same technology that's what I'm saying. that was in I Way of like Water. 
the hype is going to die down as they keep making these movies. And also they can't repeat. I know you haven't seen it, but they cannot repeat the same plot again. The way of water oh. is essentially the same plot as the first one, basically <laughs> same villain. So oh it's, my God. It's, yeah. So, Oh my God. Yeah. They can't do that again. Cause it's yeah. Anyway, speaking of sequels, Megan <laughs> two. Now I'm disappointed because I told you that they should call mm-hmm. it Megan Returns, Megan Lives. Well, hey, this could just be a working title. They need a working title. It the could. real title. We still have time. We still have time. Well, I actually think this is, it's called Megan 2.0. I actually think that's not bad. It's better than just Megan 2. Um, mm-hmm. But it's set for January 2025, um, which is a bit of a ways off considering that's it was like a, a cheap time. movie to make. But um all I, you got to bring in another one, like Megan's friend or like a little boyfriend or a little girlfriend. Could you imagine? Yeah. Oh, and oh and make it rated R. Please make it rated R and have there yeah. be more violence. I really think that would make it more camp. I also really want her to just like say, acknowledge that she's serving cunt. And I feel like they can't <laughs> yes. do that unless it's rated R. Imagine, imagine she said that. Come oh on. God. Oh, that, that would be incredible. So it would. Yeah, it would be incredible. Uh, <laughs> so. Fingers Make crossed. that happen, Jason Blum. It's the same writer, <laughs> and Allison Williams is coming back. Um, so it's like the same team. So just make that happen. Anyway, lastly, do you hear about this with Dakota Johnson? Oh said? my God. Yeah. Honestly, this oh. white lady, she'd be irritating me sometimes. Oh. Well, maybe I'm the one with the hot take, but I actually think Dakota Johnson is rad. <laughs> okay, but she said this even though she literally was defending him like a year ago, two years ago. I don't know however long it was, but yeah, so I'm like, true. bitch, pick a side <laughs> or at least I acknowledge just, your former comments before you start making jokes. I guess I'll just always hold her in high regard because of the way she took down Ellen that one time. She on did. Her show. She, single-handedly, <laughs> she single-handedly destroyed the Ellen empire. <laughs> yes. And- but with, with one sentence, actually, no, Ellen, you were invited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the beginning of the end that was the beginning of the end it right was there. just so powerful uh and i like i like she actually chooses really interesting projects so i respect her um but anyway let's get into what she said so she was the first she, like the opening presenter for the kickoff event of sundance which is still happening and this event was called opening night a taste of sundance so she was up there on the podium and she was supposed to be presenting one of a couple of awards um to Luca Guadagnino, who is a friend of hers. She's collaborated with him on Suspiria. Uh, and I think another film, I think she was in a bigger splash. I don't remember. Um, but she knows him. And so she was presenting this award. And of course, Luca Guadagnino directed Call Me By Your Name. And mm-hmm. so when she was doing her little riffs, um, she mentioned that film. And she said, sadly, I wasn't in that one. Uh, it was unfortunate. And she joked that um, she almost got cast to play the peach in that film, which of course is the fruit that Timothy Chalamet masturbates into. Yeah, we know. We um, know. Yeah. So, but then she had a, another joke where she said, Luca had asked me to play the role of the peach, but our schedules conflicted. Thank God though, because then I would have been another woman that Army Hammer tried to eat. <laughs> wait okay wait did you watch a video of this yes the audience is reaction did people laugh? <laughs> um, did people laugh? it was it was a weird combination of like some people some people who are who i guess are similar to me like laughing that she had the balls to say that and then some people were like oh 
like that sort of thing <laughs> but honestly that is fucking hilarious like i would yeah. have laughed i would have been like go no, off i admire her for doing that i really because i feel like at this point he's blacklisted like we can joke about it yeah <laughs> he's not exactly. coming back he's not recovering yeah from i didn't that's the thing it's like who's getting a who's getting offended like are you right. offended for army hammer come on now um and then she had another <laughs> joke that i thought was funny um she was giving a nod to Luca Guadagnino's newest film, which is Bones and All, which I saw, which is about cannibalism. And she said, it's been oh. five years since Call Me By Your Name premiered here. And Luca hasn't stopped talk- taking us to exciting places. Who knew cannibalism was so popular? <laughs> <laughs> she is too much. I like her. And she's saying it all in like her typical deadpan type of style. I thought it was funny. She is funny. <laughs> I've just seen people being like, that's funny that you said that because a couple of years ago you were literally defending Army Hammer. So it's the T now. I mean, I think people can grow, of course. This is just, again, more online discourse. Yeah. That's like blah, 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 blah. But yeah. I feel like, you know, she, she could acknowledge her comments. That's true. She could have found a way to make a joke about that, you know. She maybe real she, funny. Maybe she could have said, like, um, you know, I was defending him at first, but then I found out that I was on the chopping block or something like that. See, I should be a. I should write jokes for Dakota Johnson. I thought that's pretty oh, funny. God. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, you want to take us into pop culture? Yeah, I got some juicy stories this week, you guys. One of them, Ooh. I have to pull up my phone because I have a funny tweet that I need to find. Okay, here it is. Okay, so there have been some dating rumors regarding Selena Gomez and the chain smokers Drew Taggart. Um, so people have been like seeing them out a lot. They've been They've been going on dates, okay? So people were talking about them dating. They're like, oh, my God, they're official. And then she posted an Instagram story that just said, I love being alone too much. Hashtag I am single. Uh, And some people were like, oh, my God, that's so embarrassing. Like the dating rumors have to be bad if you have to tell people that you're single. Um, But then right after that, um, there are some paparazzi photos of the two of them holding hands. And so this Twitter page called Pop Base, which is just another one of those like pop culture um, pages, did like a shady little quote tweet. And they said, Selena Gomez and friend Drew Taggart of the Chainsmokers spotted in New York. And the picture is literally them holding hands. <laughs> and everybody in the comments was like, oh, my God, friend is killing me. Like, they were like, friend. Um, but, yeah, so they're obviously dating. Um, and she's just trying to keep it private, which is totally fine. I think it's so invasive when people are like, man, no, no, you did this, you did that. It doesn't matter. But and here we are um, talking about it. I mean, yeah, because the impressions of him, I didn't start the rumor. <laughs> um, if you know, it'd be a different story if we were starting shit, but we didn't. So, I mean, you know, whatever. Happy for her. <laughs> Women have needs. Go get your Selena. Okay. Oh my gosh. Um, the next big story that I have is finally, we have a name for Kylie and Travis's son. Did you For, have you heard this formerly name? known as Wolf Webster? Formerly known as Wolf Webster, yeah. Have you heard the name? No. Okay. Are you gonna is this gonna be like a reveal for you? Yes. Okay. Okay, her son's name is Air. <laughs> Stop. Not Air. Wait, A I R E. Not Air. So her children. No Air by Jordan Sparks. Stormy and Air. Okay. I'm I'm really sorry for those of you who think I'm an asshole, but that is one of the dumbest names I've ever heard in my life. I feel like Wolf was not as bad. The air is worse than Wolf. I think what makes it funny is like they threw that E on the end. 
Like just right. own it. And people, just well, and then people were air. responding like, is it airy or like, how do you say it? And then she just put air, air. <laughs> like, okay. so. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I mean, just, and she posted ugh. a bunch of pictures of him. This is the first time we're seeing the baby since he was born, which is, this is so funny to me. Her kids' birthdays are February 1st and February 2nd. So I guess she only needs to plan one birthday party. So that's wow. convenient, but um, um, side note on Kylie, on the topic of of Kylie, did you hear or see the TikToks from the Scaparelli fashion show? Oh my recently? god! Did you th- did you think I didn't? Okay. <laughs> First of all, lots to talk about with that. Um, Doja Cat showed up covered in red rhinestones from head to toe, insane. which was such a serve, honestly. That was insane. Yeah, I saw this really interesting TikTok about it, where it was a fashion tiktoker and she was saying Mm -hmm. how like she loved it because it's part of this trend of not dressing for the male gaze like not dressing to be sexually appealing whatsoever it's just to exist as art so doja like when she covers herself with all that all the rhinestones or whatever it was she's completely stripping like the humanity away in a sense and I thought it was really interesting and I thought she looked stunning, but well, and I just saw a video of them like behind the scenes of them doing that. I didn't see how long it took them, but they literally, oh, like, a like a, they put a bald cap on her and then they painted her whole body, like with like red, like it looked like almost like red glitter underneath. And then was. they literally put hand by like stone by stone, her entire body. It was That's like a insane. bunch of people doing it at once, but like they literally just, they painted her and then put that over. Like they really did that. Yeah, that's insane. Just to sit in a fashion show. This wasn't even for like an award show or anything. Um, yeah. But it made, me think of, it made me think of uh, Violet Chachki famously on, I think it was on Trixie and Katya's podcast, was talking about the time she covered her body, like her whole actual body besides like a corset in red glitter to be a devil for Halloween. And she was talking about how it took her hours to get it off with and she had to use like nair and shit like that to get it off so good luck to doja i want to know how long it took you to take that all off yeah that shit's crazy dude um but as for kylie i also thought it was so funny i i'm a little confused if this was intentional or not but she showed up wearing a look from the collection that was walking um yeah giant lion's head (laughs) on the black dress which i don't know i think it's like kind of campy i don't know if it's like fierce but whatever but that was kind of odd, but then it was so funny when like world-renowned supermodel Shalom comes out and she's wearing Kylie's look and she's absolutely and serving. So, and it was so funny like <laughs> seeing Kylie in the background just sitting there like, mm-hmm, yes. like nodding along and it's like, bitch, you're wearing the same outfit. Like, yes. why are you acting surprised? Like, you're literally wearing the same outfit. <laughs> yeah, so last that I said with that fashion show was also. <laughs> Her Instagram post, like with the outfit, is so funny to me because her caption was, Wow, I loved wearing this faux art creation constructed by hand using man made materials. Like, she really had to <laughs> drive it home that this is not a real lion's head. <laughs> that was wild. Oh also, Naomi Campbell walked in that show and she had like a wolf dress. A wolf? Wolf Webster. Um, and of course she looked incredible because she's Naomi Campbell. So that was just a very stacked show in many ways. I'm glad we got to it talk was. about it. Also the little like two second clip of Kylie and Doja Cat saying bye to each other. 
Oh my God. That shit is so funny. Have you seen it? No. What happened? It's so, it's just, it's like, it's just so humanizing <laughs> to people that like, don't look like humans. They have the most <laughs> awkward goodbye and they'll be like, Oh, it's nice to see you. Like, okay, bye. And they walked away and it was like, ew. <laughs> I did think it was funny how, um, Scaparelli's like one of the granddaughters or something was sitting between them and she was whipping the phone out, trying to take selfies. Oh my God. And it's of course, like so cringy so- seeing them act like people and it's well, like, like st- civil i would categorize her as a civilian because i don't know who she is and so it's funny a to see civilian. C- yeah it's funny to see civilians like she's all like ecstatic and she's got the phone out and she's like beaming but then celebrities of course particularly influencer type celebrities like kylie she does she puts on the face you know like the mm-hmm. so she like leans <laughs> into that and she locks into her <laughs> selfie position whereas the scaparelli woman she does not give a fuck she's just beaming she's like yeah. oh my god kylie <laughs> and I'm sure Doja could yeah. not smile that much with everything on her face. Uh, so. Dude, it's so funny. That's kind of what I like about the fashion weeks is like seeing the footage of them sitting at the yeah. fashion show. Cause I feel like so many times it's still photos. And like you just said, they put on the face, but then when they're not in the face, when they're just acting like people, but they're wearing these ridiculous outfits, yeah. <laughs> it's just so fucking funny, <laughs> which is kind of why I wish we got more inside footage of the Met Gala because that would oh. be insane. Oh God. I wish. Yeah, well, All that's right. why I kind of live for like, we both live for the Met Gala part of Ocean's 8. Because you have those <laughs> celebrity cameos that kind of make it feel real. Like that's when true. Heidi Klum runs into um, Or uh, when like Debbie Gigi Ocean. Hadid and Kendall and Kendall Jenner are in the bathroom, just like looking yes, at pictures exactly. together. I'm like, oh, that's it, so it real. That's real. so real for that. It was real to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was real to me. Okay. Um, okay, next story. I told this at brunch, but I feel like it's been kind of a hot topic. No, so I want to talk about so it again because it, it's so fucking funny. <laughs> Apparently, like some people are not, don't think it's funny, but I think it's funny. And honestly, I support women through and through. So I think this shit is funny. Okay, so let's talk about Vanessa Hudgens' reaction to Austin Butler's accent. Um, recently, his voice coach made like a statement saying that his accent might be permanent you guys we're gonna have to deal with this forever like, what does that mean like is that an actual scientific medical thing you say oh your diagnosis is having a permanently altered your di- your that's the stupidest thing i've ever heard there are people that live abroad for like five years and they come back and their accent is unchanged and like i could see how it might be like you know tough to like shake it off but like honey it's been it's been months like I'm, come on I'm, yeah i'm over it <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah i'm over it so okay let's take it all the way back to 2019 um for this story okay vanessa hudgens made an appearance on kelly and michael and was telling a story about how she encouraged her partner at the time austin butler to play elvis before he even got the before he even was offered the part or even like before the film was even in development she said like they were looking at christmas lights and he there was an elvis song playing on the like on the radio and he had just dyed his hair black and she looked at him and said oh my god wait you should you should play elvis like this needs to be a thing and there was like oh uh and then later she (laughs) said there was another time like a week later he was like he doesn't apparently he like hid his singing talent from a lot of his friends so he was like behind the piano actually like playing and singing for his friends and she was like no babe like you should really play elvis like you should look into like figuring out how you can get a script together so you can play elvis like this is for real and now of course we know he got the part um and is being receiving tremendous praise for his performance got an oscar nomination this morning Mm -hmm. so that worked out well for him (laughs) but like a week ago a week and a half ago 
the Hollywood reporters, uh, Hollywood reporter did like this actors roundtable thing with Austin Butler, Colin Farrell, Brendan Fraser, Jeremy Pope, Kihui Kwan, and Adam Sandler. And Austin was now telling the story from his point of view. And he basically said the exact same thing, like verbatim. Um, all these years later, so like you know it's legit, but he kept calling Vanessa Hudgens his friend. And so he would say, like, <laughs> oh, my friend was next to me telling me, Oh my god, you need to play Elvis. And then he said, Oh, and that same friend, and he he did say, like, she said this, like he was saying, like, we know who he's talking about, but he kept calling her his friend. Mind you, they were together for 10 years, and they yeah, actually broke up while he was filming Elvis, apparently because of the distance or whatever. <laughs> um but they were together for 10 years and now she's just his friend, I guess. And people were noticing how he was like thanking everybody under the sun for during his Golden Globe speech. And of course, never once met, met, mentioned Vanessa Hudgens, which I mean, maybe he didn't have to. But at the same time, it's like you're thinking all these people here, they ain't got nothing to do with this movie. You couldn't have thrown in a little. And, you know, to my partner, Vanessa, Hud- well, he's not a partner, but yeah, like you could have said something. I don't know. Anyway, um, now. They have people have were have been reporting on this thing about his accent, and she commented on that Instagram post, short and sweet. She just said, "crying" <laughs> in regards <laughs> to his accent, maybe staying forever. <laughs> and I think that's fucking hilarious. It's very funny. You know, simple. <laughs> we're crying too, Vanessa. <laughs> oh, good for her. No, it good is funny. Yeah. Okay, my last story is something that I've actually been excited to talk about because I think it's just like so fascinating. I heard about work. this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so these are these are unconfirmed rumors, of course. Everything is alleged. Um, if you don't know, Aaron Taylor Johnson and Joey King were in a little movie that Zach didn't like called Bullet Train. Hated Bullet Train. <laughs> Hated that movie. Um, Second only to Black Adam, if I remember correctly. Wow. Yeah, it (laughs) it was tough. Um, But the movie's now on Netflix, and they did a press tour, of course, earlier this year. And apparently, allegedly, Aaron Taylor Johnson, who is married, had a little affair with his co-star, Joey King, during the press tour, which people, again, this is all alleged. But people are actually celebrating this because, if you don't know... Aaron Taylor Johnson's wife is 23 years older than him. <laughs> He's 32 and she's 55. And what makes it worse is they actually met when he was 18 and she was 32. <coughs> um, so people are celebrating because they're hoping that maybe this is the beginning of the end of his marriage to what people are saying is his groomer. Um, so we'll see. I honestly, from my opinion, all I have to say is what business does a 32 year old woman have showing any interest in an 18 year old? Um, like what do you have in common with an 18 year old when you're 32? Also, what makes it super creepy is that he, they, they met while he was auditioning for her movie and apparently he didn't have like availability in his schedule. So he came to her home and auditioned for this movie at her home, an 18 year old. Listen, I have complicated thoughts about this. Um, this falls into the pool of what we discussed before where like the marriage stuff i don't particularly feel like i don't like talking about marriage stuff because or relationship stuff really cheating like because part of me doesn't care but also part of me is like 
Okay, none, that's of all you. none of this matters. Hold on. I'm not done saying what I was going to say. There also was nothing illegal that happened. I see what you're saying totally about like, that is weird. Like, as a, like, I'm not even 32. I'm six years out from 32. And I can't imagine if I was single at 32, seeing an 18 year old and even being like, I'm going to go after that. Like, I can't imagine that, but it's not illegal. So I guess what I'm saying is like, just how like cheating isn't illegal. I'm not like, some people are so vitriolic about this. And I'm like, look, I mean, it's, it's very strange and it's weird, but whatever. I just think it's it, like, when you say it, it's just weird to be like, people are rooting for the end of a marriage just because they they've decided that that was a grooming situation, even though they haven't had a conversation with either of them. They don't know these people. They don't know any additional information besides the fact that he was 18 and she was 32. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm not saying I agree with it, but I just hate how people get so wrapped up in this and to the point where they're like, Oh my God, I hope that marriage ends. Cause it's like, what? I don't okay, know. Dude. I'm going to ask you, would you, would you be so nonchalant if it was the other way around? If a 32 year old man was talking to an 18 year old woman well it's, would you it's, have the same it's not like it's illegal <laughs> because it's it is insane no, and it, i no, think i i would feel the same way because it's i i i share the same thought where it's like i'm not see this is frustrating because it's like now i'm having to worry about people listening to this and thinking that i'm like defending this and i'm really not all i'm saying is that since they're not breaking any laws or anything. Like, I'm not saying the police should be like knocking down their door. Well, no, nobody's shit. saying. But, and I'm not saying it's not weird either. I said multiple times that it's very strange. <laughs> and if I were in that position, I could not, like, I, I can't fathom why Sam Taylor Johnson was like 18 years old. Yes, I'm going to, I'm going to pursue that. I cannot fathom that. I think it's strange. But what I am saying is I'm just getting tired of, and this has been happening a lot since we've been doing the podcast of random people on the internet, just like dogpiling on someone's marriage or relationship for whatever reason. And at the end of the day, for me, I'm just like, in my headspace, I'm like, let them do their, like, that's all them, you know, like, it, like I'm all for Hollywood controversy for other things. But when it comes to that sort of stuff, I'm just like, that's whatever. I don't know. That's all them. What? I'm just. <laughs> what? No, I'm just thinking because I'm like, where are you getting this from? About this is illegal. Like nobody's saying that cheating is illegal or that it's not. You know, like nobody's saying anything. We've like, talked about we talked about this with the Try Guys thing. We're like, you. Well, have, yeah, I'm course, on TikTok. People on TikTok to... tear these people apart. So well, you don't yeah, know but, them. Like, I know, but of course, nobody's saying jail to Ned Fulmer for committing adultery. I mean, yes, Ariel, leave his ass because he did you so wrong. But like, nobody's saying anything about these people need, like, this is illegal. Like, I don't know why you keep saying that. Of course, it's not no, illegal. The reason is why it I keep wrong? Saying, no, the reason why I keep saying it's illegal is because people listening to this and even yourself were like, okay, but do you not think that's weird? And I'm trying to emphasize that like, well, no, yes, I think it's weird. But the reason why I'm not like, I'm not, I guess. I'm just saying that because of the fact that it's not illegal, that's the reason why I'm like, 
more a little bit nonchalant or, or I'm not passionate about it because there hasn't been actually something like like ethically has something wrong happened 100% but in the eyes of like I guess the legal system nothing wrong has happened that's what I'm trying well, to yeah. say yeah no I get that yeah and and okay. and moreover what I'm trying to say is like cuz I'm on TikTok I see these TikToks I've seen TikToks about this very thing and I just I'm just saying I disagree with us civilians like or random people on the internet whatever just anyone I disagree with this vitriol of like making TikToks about this couple you don't even know I get it that they're famous but <laughs> it like like, oh my God, I saw this TikTok once. It was a slideshow of like 30 images of like every image they could find with them together, like tracking their relationship throughout time with their ages on the screen. And the caption was something like, this is the most egregious thing I've ever seen. Sam Taylor Johnson is disgusting. It's like, let's calm down, please. And it's like we talked about before. I wish... I wish all this energy that goes to shit like this would go towards actually important shit that actually affects people. You know what I, I mean? I mean, of course, but like, this is just how the world works. These are public figures. They know that they're subjected to scrutiny. I'm pretty sure Aaron Taylor Johnson knew marrying a woman 23 years his senior knew that there was going to be eyes on his marriage. I mean, these are public figures. I'm honestly not really concerned about what people say on the internet because these people know that and they probably don't even see it like or if they do see it it doesn't affect them because they know that these people don't know them i guess you're right i can't really explain why it makes me like i'm I mean, not going to say irrationally angry but it just annoys contributing me contributing to the conversation by talking about pop culture these are this is just a part of our well, society yes. yes no i i yeah I, yes i realize that we live in a society of it all i just wanted to have a conversation about how, how people react to these things online because it just, it like annoys me. That being said, um, Joey King, <laughs> have we talked about this? I mean, she's, I, I've talked about how she's one of those people that I don't really like for no reason. Yes, yes. And like I think I like, agree with you. Me. Her face just irritates me. It's because of those oh stupid God. kissing booth movies. I don't know. I did not like her. And she's in, She's like in New Girl. I didn't like her in New Girl. Her character was a little brat. Um, and then the Kissing Booth movies were just so insanely awful. Oh, it makes my skin just, crawl even just thinking about them. They just seem like they wouldn't vibe. Now, I guess there people can have like purely sexual chemistry and not get, have to get along, but maybe they, they were just bored. They were in a press junket. <laughs> seems like an odd pairing to me. It really <laughs> they were does. probably just bored. <laughs> like I would have guessed Aaron Taylor Johnson would hook up with like um Brian Tyree Henry from Bullet Train before Joey King. <laughs> I mean, they were like the pals in the movie, so the chemistry was there. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. It's wild, but... dude. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Yeah. Are we ready for that media moment, I suppose? Yeah, let's get into it. It's time for the media moment. Okay, so I'm up first. I'll try to keep this brief because this is a new release and I don't want to spoil Are anything. You... What? Okay, well, I'll let you go. I am first. I double checked right before we hopped on. You okay. went first last week. You were talking about your book, remember? 
yeah i feel like i remember talking about the book after you talked about your you watching um the last of us but maybe i'm wrong incorrect um so i wanted to talk about a film that just came out last weekend it's called missing have you heard of this starring storm reed and neil long of course of course okay so i watched searching for the first time on the plane back from barcelona in october which is a the predecessor i guess you could say to this film starring john cho it came out 2018 and the whole conceit is that the whole film takes place on like the laptop screens slash it takes place on screens like phones laptop screens you see news reports um as john cho is looking for his missing teenage daughter and i thought it was great like i even though it's been out for years i i didn't know anything about it really excuse me um didn't know any of the twists and i was watching that thing on that plane like I could have had popcorn in front of me munching that shit down because I was so riveted with what was going on. It was funny because Nick was passed out next to me on the plane. Um, So when I heard that missing was a thing, and coincidentally, they dropped the first trailer for that like a couple of weeks after I had watched Searching. I was like, oh, interesting. It's not the same director, but like it's directed by the editors of the first movie. And this isn't a sequel. It just, it has the same conceit and it, it does take place in the world where like the events of that film happened because there are references to that, but you could see this one completely on its own. And I highly encourage it because I'm officially down bad for the searching cinematic universe. I, I think like now that there's proof that this has worked twice, keep them coming. Don't wait another five years, keep them coming. Like I'm sure they're really cheap to make and this one is actually opened with more money than the 2018 one. So that's also exciting for Storm Reed. Um, and I really like Storm Reed. Like she doesn't get a chance to star a lot. And I think that she's actually really fantastic in this movie. You know, we um, at the Alliance love Storm Reed because she did a collab with us in 2020. Oh, really? mm-hmm. oh that's on so, our Instagram. That's cool. Yeah, I love her. Um, and so in this film, she is the teenager and she's trying to find out what happened to her mom who goes missing when she's abroad. Um, and I don't know, this, this movie just plays you like a fiddle, the opening, <laughs> you think it's one thing. It's it, they actually play on your, on your knowledge of the first one, if you have seen it, because in the f- first movie, the, the whole opening montage is like background on the mother dying from cancer and without saying anything further, the intro to this movie, you think it's kind of the same thing. And then it completely recontextualizes that later in the movie, like in the third act. And that blew my mind. I was like, what? And then they just find, it's just crazy how they've managed to use film language while like the only angle we're seeing most of the time is the camera on Storm Reed's computer. But they still find ways, like they incorporate the the ring camera on the house to interesting effect. There's this amazing scene with this revelation that blew my mind. I like the twists in this movie are actually insane. And I don't think I'm hyping it up. They're really well done. And so there's a revelation that happens and the scene that happens afterward was crazy. And they were just cutting between a laptop camera and the ring camera pretty much. Um, so yeah, I loved it. I went randomly. I saw it Sunday night at 10 PM. I got back from hanging out with Nick and I was like, 
I want to go see a movie. So I went to go see it. And I was on the edge of my seat. You know, um, uh, Regina Hall is Brenda in Scary Movie when she's in the movie theater. And she said, that, <laughs> that was, was like, you. <laughs> that was like me internally. Like in, I'm, internally, that was me because there was the plot moves so fast. So much shit happens. I loved it. And like I said, please make another one soon. I don't know what they would yeah. call it. Like you already got searching and missing. There's going to be another ing, but yeah. Um, I've actually been hearing a lot about this movie because I saw actually a couple of weeks ago, I don't know if your Regal does this, but I saw a guy who has Regal Unlimited and they do like mystery movie Mondays. Yes. They and mind do this. Yes. The guy was like, I just, just like my girlfriend and I decided to start doing that. And the mystery movie was missing. Um, and so he was like, this movie is actually like really good. And I was like, That's Oh, okay. Really and something I liked about the, the trailer, like the marketing that they had specifically was that. At least the trailer that I saw, it was like, oh, when your parents leave out of town and you're like super worried about them coming back before you have time to clean up after your party. And then it's like, or they don't come back at all. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> um, yeah. So that was really cool. And then actually my coworker, another shout out to Daniela. She just saw this movie too. And she put in our work, our like comms team group chat. She told me and Carmel like, oh my God, you guys, you have to see this. And we were like, oh, because we, again, we're fans of Storm Reed. We love her. So um, she's, she said it was really good. And so I'm like, okay, not no, I, just a couple people like this. Like I everybody you, seems to be liking this. I think you would love both of these movies actually. Because they're just like, they they put that pedal to the metal with the plot. I, like I really that. am impressed with like the plot that they came up with and the twists and the turns. You do not know where it's going, even more so than the no, first. No, that's movie. good. Um, they do red herrings really well. I well, was that was like my biggest concern person... too, because I feel like some movies they focus so hard on like making the actual concept like pay off that like mm -hmm. the the storyline itself, which this is a little foreshadowing to my media moment. <laughs> the storyline itself isn't as strong as the concept, and so I, it's good to know that this actually does hold up. Yeah, no, I was convinced that one person was like behind it, like for most of the film, and then you find out it's not. And that just blew my mind too. Anyway, um, and also it kind of has something to say about how, and you and I have talked about this as well, like America's obsession with true crime and how everyone thinks mm. that they're a true crime podcaster and it's really not helpful. Because um, yeah. once and they her- forget that like actual people are involved. Yes, exactly. Once her mom's case blows up, we see like uh, her character's name is June. June is like, she's dealing with this horrible situation where she's all alone because she only has one parent. She doesn't know what's going on. And then when the case blows up and all these random ass people on the internet, they all have an opinion and they all think they can help and they all think they have tips. It's not helping. Like it doesn't help at all. And in fact, it's over like the tips overwhelm the FBI who she's trying to work with. And mm -hmm. so I really like that aspect of it too, where it's just like, see how this affects, of course this is fictional, but see how this affects a victim. Like it really doesn't help at all <laughs> so yeah. it was good you should watch it i think once it comes mm -hmm. to like streaming or digital you and i should maybe do like a double feature because they're also they're both pretty short and i think we'd have a really good time i love that yeah but anyway tell me about your your media moment okay i'm actually really excited to talk about this um because I wanted to watch this so that I could talk about it on this podcast. Um, so if you don't know, my media moment for this week is Kaleidoscope on Netflix. 
And if you don't know anything about the show, it's like there's been a lot of hype around it basically because um, the concept is that it's a heist show, um, but you can some you can watch the episodes in any order. Um, and then the order that you watch them in kind of impacts the type of viewing experience that you get. So, and then the other cool thing is Netflix gives, ev- not everybody, but Netflix will give you a order that could be different from someone else, but they, the order that they give you, they give it to you based on what they think you will like. So it's an algorithm, Oh, um, hmm. which is interesting. Yeah. The only rule is that you have to end in white. I've heard that. Yes. Um, so, but the thing is Netflix also did like social media campaign where they like gave you a bunch of different like suggested viewing experiences. So they were like, oh, here's chronicle- chronological order. Here's the order that whoever made the post said, I think is right. And then there's like, here it is as a detective story. Here it is as a Tarantino film. Here it is like yeah. different. That was cool. Variations. I did see that too. That was, that was interesting. That was cool. But not all of the suggested viewings that they gave you had white as the last episode and after watching it i will say you have to watch white last the only way that you could get away with not watching white last is if you watch the whole thing with white last and then go back and rewatch it in these different orders that netflix suggests Hmm. because if you don't watch white last it spoils things in the other episodes that you like it has flashbacks so it's like you it has to be last it was clearly written to be last i see um yeah and so oh gosh there's a lot of stuff that i really really liked about this show and stuff that had me like (laughs) um so okay first i want to talk about the order that i watched it in so i just watched it in the order that netflix gave me um because i was like i just want to watch it um so i watched it with uh yellow which is six weeks before the heist and then i went to green which is seven years before the heist and then violet which is 24 years before the heist then blue five days before and then orange three weeks before then red is the morning after and pink is six months after and then white is the actual heist and i will say another thing that i would like to say that i'm so glad that netflix did this for me i think Another thing that you just like can't not do, you have to watch pink right before you watch white. Because if you watch pink early on, you're going to be like, you're it, you're just not going to want to keep going. Um, <laughs> or it's just going to be like super duper confusing. Like, I think that happened to my boss. We were talking about it. She watched pink as like the first or second episode. And she was like, I don't feel anything for these characters. Like, like it was just kind of like what's going on with all these people that yeah. I don't know anything about. So it's like you have to know a lot. You have to have more context on the characters in order to f- actually get the emotional impact of the pink episode. And it works really well flowing right into the white episode. Um, So I'll say that. Also, something that was really unexpected. And I told you this and you were like, what? This show is so emotional. <laughs> I was the episodes that made me cry were pink white and violet oh, she cried multiple violet times okay had me sobbing i'm sobbing oh, i wow. was sobbing it was it's really sad the violet episode is really sad. ibs i'd be sobbing i'd be sobbing <laughs> that was i was sobbing dude um oh my god it was intense um so yeah i don't know it's kind of like 
unexpected too. Um, it was it like you know hit a little bit deeper than like uh like Ocean's Eight type of heist movie did. Um, this was really emotional. Um, the other thing that I wanted to say. Oh, I guess my overall review, which I kind of, again, foreshadowed was that the concept is really cool, but the actual story wasn't really anything special. Um, I like that it had an emotional cut, but aside from that, it was just kind of like, okay, this is just a heist. This is just a regular heist show. So there weren't any which like I, twists. It was more so just like how they No, there were, there were twists. There were actually oh, big twists. Okay. But um actually and oh one of the biggest twists again this is why you have to watch pink right before white because like the big the one of the biggest reveals happens at the very end of the pink episode but you don't know that it's a reveal until you watch the white episode so i feel like if you watch pink early on you're gonna forget because it's like the tiniest detail but you catch it in like a split second and then you're like <gasps> i see be very twisty media moments this week it yeah sounds like so it's like it's you have to i feel like you have to watch i'm just i beg you if you watch this episode or if you watch the show and you want a good experience watch pink and white last the other ones it doesn't matter um i also thought another good viewing order would be to start with the morning after and then go into like slightly chronological so then go back to violet and then watch green after violet and then go into yellow orange blue pink white um, cause I think the morning after episode is actually really good. I think would be great to start with because it's so chaotic and it's like really like tensions are really high between these people that are supposed to be a team. Like, it's just like a really chaotic and intense way to start. And I feel like that would be really cool to be like, oh my gosh, what just happened? And then you're like, okay, actually let's take it back. Let's go to the very beginning of the story. Yeah, that's um, true. Yeah. So I think that's a good way. That's a good way to do it. Um, and I just also another thing that I really liked about this show is that while I was watching it, I was like conscious of the fact that these episodes could be watched in any order. And I feel like they really did that with like they just I feel like they did that pretty well. Like you could tell they there was a lot of like thought and attention behind the things that were meant to be reveals, depending on what order you watch them in. So I started with um, Yellow, which is the episode where they're like getting the crew together for the heist. Um, and there's like a reveal, it was a reveal for me, but like, if you watch that episode later on, like you would already know what it was, but the way that they did it, it hmm. like, you know, how it felt like it was a reveal. Like somebody comes out from behind someone else and they know each other and you're like, Oh, those two know each other, but they don't interact at all throughout the entire episode until the very end. Like to me, that's them setting up a reveal, but that would just make sense if you had watched that at a different point in the series. Like it was really interesting. That's wild. I actually, I haven't even watched the show and I'd be very interested in maybe this exists already, like a really in-depth interview or like mini documentary about how this was written because yeah, I would it love sounds to crazy to me and really mm -hmm. complex. Yeah. So, and I think, honestly, I think the way that they pulled it off was that each episode is very like, it's very, it's almost anthology like in the sense that each episode has its own little mission, like that contributes to the big mission. So, like, mm -hmm. you have to watch White last, of course. And again, I would say Pink and White last because that is like the big mission. But each episode has like its own little mission within it. And so it's like, it still gives you that same like high story, like excitement and anticipation and like your heart's racing, like, oh my God. Okay, let's like hurry. Like you're just like excited with the characters, and it's like that happens in every episode, pretty much. Um, 
but it's just like different contexts. So I can kind of see how they wrote it where it's like they probably had these in like compartmentalized stories and then were just very careful with what they gave away or like what they didn't give away or like what like Easter eggs they planted for maybe if you watched this one first, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, so I was also not expecting that because I too was like, how did they how did they pull this off? But after watching it, it really is like each episode is its own story that contributes to the big story. Mm. Um, and I will warn you, if you're a person that likes watching shows or just watching content in general for like the characters, you are not going to like any of these people. <laughs> no, I would say almost none of the characters are super likable. They're yeah. all assholes. They're all kind of like selfish in a way. And they all make really stupid decisions. And you're just like, oh, come on. Um, yeah. And I, I will say too, the ending is not that satisfying. Like you're going to be upset. But I don't think it's bad. It's just kind of like it's not it, it's not a happy resolution. <laughs> well, so it sounds like your best TV of 2023 list starts here because I just looked it up and it apparently it dropped January 1st. So yeah, it, it was the beginning. Of, yeah, show. it came out at the beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah. But it sounds yeah, like you, I would say this was. It. I liked, I enjoyed it. I wouldn't say it was like revolutionary aside from again, like the concept, like the actual story was just okay. But I feel like for a concept this brave, you really have to play it safe with the story. Oh, also Giancarlo Esposito is the main character in this show. Oh my God. He's just, it's like every performance is a gift. He's really good. He can act. I'm really sad that he's seems like he's not going to be on the boys anymore. What? Remember he got like pushed out. I'm like, why would there kill him? No, I know, but like, why would there be a reason? Remember, he he like virtually was not in the second half of the season, so I'm just assuming that maybe that was their way of like just not bringing him back. I don't know, but he's really good on that show. So he's he's such a good actor, and you know what? This is like the first time I've really seen him, at least on TV, be like the leading man, and he really was. This was his story. Like he was the leading man in this. This was his story. Um, and I thought he did an amazing job as the lead in this show. And I haven't really seen him as like, as the main character before. So I was really happy about mm. that. Um, also another thing, this could contribute to why I was so emotional, but for some reason, I feel like he looks like my dad a little bit. And so <laughs> you think Giancarlo Esposito looks like John Reed? That's new. I, a little bit. <laughs> somebody told him that like years ago, like back when John Carlo was on Breaking Bad, somebody told him like, oh, you look like that guy on Breaking Bad. And then we were like, oh, a little bit. But like, we didn't really think so. But that's always been in my mind. And so that made me even more sad because this is a little bit like a parenting story. And so I was just like, <laughs> oh my God. I was like crying because I was like, that's my dad. <laughs> he looks nothing like him. Absolutely nothing. They're both like light skinned older black men. Okay. You know how many of those we have in the world? Yeah. Well, there's one on my TV screen. I think it's my dad. Oh my god. You think he <laughs> looks like Denzel too? Denzel's not light not, Denzel's not as light skinned as John or Giancarlo Esposito. Okay. Well he also doesn't really look no, no, this is different. <laughs> Denzel has his own look, okay. <laughs> Anyway, um, it was really emotional, but I well, kind of want to watch it again in a different order. Not watch again. You do love rewatching things, so <laughs> yeah, a new comfort show unlocked. Oh my god, <laughs> you are wild. I like the poster. yeah. It was good though. Oh, also, sorry, one last thing. Something I thought was cool about the heist episode that I wish they would have kept up for longer was that 
the first 11 minutes of the episode, no dialogue. Oh, really? What did you do? Did <laughs> Sorry, you I was, looking at, something for I was looking at the poster. Why did I think that was Huey? Oh, I okay. The whole time I was like, <laughs> they got Huey in this show. Like I kept <laughs> calling him Huey because he looks just like him. What's that guy's name again? Uh, oh, God. Um, Jack Quaid? Jack Quaid, yeah. That's who we're referring to. Um, for oh, those of you listening, yes, sorry. Huey is his character on the boys. Um, yeah, but sorry. This, that poster, was really... this poster, this guy looks just like him. <laughs> yeah, the character that looks just like him is named Stan. And he was actually my favorite. He's so cute. Oh, he also is cute. I don't know. I think he's cute. <laughs> he also well, you, fits like you the think basic Jack formula. Cute, so I do. Yeah, he fits <laughs> the basic formula of boys that I like. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for telling us about that show. Um, mm-hmm. it's been Marge only on my cool. radar because I like you know I like when media tries new things like and this is obviously trying something new yeah, of telling things creative. out of order in like a show format there have been like films like that like Memento and stuff but uh yeah we'll we'll see what's on what's on my docket maybe I'll yeah maybe I'll try it out you know it takes a lot for me to try <sighs> shows but um oh shut up uh- <laughs> that's my line um yeah, I don't know. I have a lot. I like have a lot of thoughts about this show. So if anybody watch has watched this or is watching it, please reach up. out because I also would love to talk to somebody who watches it in a different order and actually like sticks with it, you know? Yeah. And if anyone's seen Missing, I will also love to talk to you about <laughs> Missing um, because no one I know has seen it. And I just feel like I'm just shouting from some hill. That's how I feel about this show. I, I've texted <laughs> like five people after I started watching this. You said and your like, boss you watch watched this? it. Well, she didn't finish it because she watched Pink too early, and then she was oh, like, "I don't want to watch this." Okay, yeah, I she see. didn't finish yes, it. Yes, so I told I told a bunch of people to watch. Nobody <laughs> watched it. I see. Sorry. Anyway, I think we should wrap it up here because this is a long one. Okay. But um, we'll talk to you all next week. Next week is Ely's birthday. <laughs> She's leaving me. Mm-hmm. When are you going to be gone again? Completely forgot. Oh my God. Wednesday through Monday. So the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth. I come back on the sixth. That's right. Okay. So we'll be recording at our normal time, but by the time you listen to next week's episode, Oh my God. By the time you guys listen, I'll be 26. (laughs) Excuse me. I'm 26. I mean, (laughs) this is no, this is the period of the year where we're the same age. I love it. Zach doesn't have anything over me for like three months. Oh my God. (laughs) I can step on him. Oh my goodness. I already do. (laughs) Physically and metaphorically. I'm just kidding. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine if you stepped on me? Oh, I would love to. You know, Zach used to try and beat me up all the time. (laughs) He used to try and beat me up and he used to try and kiss me all the time. (laughs) Not even true. Don't even. Zach, you guys, he says it's not true. He literally kissed me at least twice. (laughs) <laughs> no, I kissed you one time because we were no, both drinking and I was like, was what if we twice. kissed? It was and then we did. Twice. And then immediately we were like, <laughs> yeah. Disgusting. Yeah. Okay. Our, our Rachel and Blaine. <laughs> no, it was, it was very much right. No, it wasn't even Rachel and Blaine because remember in the episode, they were like, like Blaine was questioning his sexuality for a minute. It was more like when Damien and um, uh, Janice kiss at the end of Mean Girls. That's exactly what it was like. <laughs> no, you're right. That's yeah, what it that, Yes. And then the immediate ew no afterwards. <laughs> and it had no emotion behind it. It purely was like a, 
what if that's like, also the difference between that and uh damien and janice it was not, yes. it wasn't even like a, it was a very chaotic like decision yeah he did it again a different time but zach denies it but i remember i def- maybe i was like blackout or something because i don't blacked remember. out was it on so your birthday dramatic. 2020 because i was drinking no oh maybe you kissed me then too i don't know oh my god okay whatever um zach likes kissing girls no i do not don't even spread these lies <laughs> <laughs> oh my god nick's gonna listen okay. to this and be like excuse me he you know he's not gonna listen to that. <laughs> that's true he doesn't listen to the podcast anymore anyway um have a good night everybody we'll talk have to a you good night. next time <laughs>